0: This is the Data Center Frontier Show, where we tell the story of the data center industry and its future. Our show is hosted by Rich Miller, the editor of Data Center Frontier. And now here's Rich with our show. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Data Center Frontier Show. My guest today is Pankaj Sharma, who is the EVP of Secure Power and uh, Data Center Business at Schneider Electric. Uh, Pankaj, welcome to
1: the show. Thank you, Rich, and it's my pleasure to be here.
0: We always like to start with uh, a little background on uh, what folks do in the data center industry. So tell me a little bit about your role at uh, Schneider and what you focus on.
1: So again, thanks, Rich, and uh, hello, everyone. My name is, of course, Pankaj Sharma. As Rich mentioned, I am responsible for the Secure Power Division uh, and the data center business of Schneider. So in Schneider Electric, we have six divisions overall. And I'm also leading all of data center business for Schneider Electric, uh, which is uh, product solutions, software across the uh, various divisions, which we we help uh, with our customers. So that's that's my role.
0: I always like to ask about what we call the the data center journey, which is how people found the data center industry and uh, what some of their experience has been, and 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 route to their current position. What was uh, your data center journey like? How did it get started?
1: You know, it's it's a, it's a good question. I, I grew up in in Asia, and uh, then I was actually in Asia till about 2017, living in different parts of the world. Uh, but I remember uh, during the, the initial days of the cloud, uh, when there was still a bit of speculation around, is this real? Uh, what does that even mean, you know, going from enterprise to the cloud, etc.? I, I think my sort of advent into the data center journey starting around started around that time and which uh, I mean it's it's hard to put a put a number there but I think it was probably about 12 13 years ago Rich, if, if if I'm not wrong so that's when we we uh, at least me personally I started to get involved with the with the data center business and then we saw this whole boom of of the cloud and the cloud deployments and you know today it's interesting when you take a step back and think about it nobody would think that cloud is is a misnomer today right and and at that time i remember there was a lot of debate what do you even mean when you say right. cloud i i do believe we are uh, we are at uh, somehow a similar type of stage right now with this whole advent of you know the the metaverse and 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 the deployment needs around that and 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 so on uh, I think we are somehow in a in a similar type of uh, frame right now. So no, my journey started there. I've been working with our customers in the data center space for more than a decade now. Uh, I've helped uh, uh, sell and and help deploy data centers in in I would say practically most parts of the world.
0: As most of our listeners know, Schneider Electric is involved in many different parts of the uh, equipment, providing uh, mission critical power and and. Uh and keeping uh, data centers running around the clock. I know one of the areas that you've been uh, focusing on a lot and is important in terms of Schneider's overall worldview is sustainability. As part of that role, uh, you've been involved in developing a uh, sustainability framework that Schneider has uh, has shared. Uh, What is the sustainability framework and
1: uh, why is it important? Let's take a step back, all of us uh, uh, you know, from the perspective of sustainability, uh, the largest challenge being the the greenhouse gas emission, as we all know, uh, 80% percent uh, of the greenhouse gases is, is CO2, uh, CO2, which is directly linked to uh, creation and consumption of energy. Uh, hence, you know when you think about fossil fuels and so on, you know the grids are uh, still 70% burning fossil fuel. The 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 when you think about it from an application uh, standpoint, industry standpoint, I mean, you know, there's a lot of focus on transportation with the EVs. I mean, EVs is a very small part of transportation because you know you have a lot railways and, and so many other things, uh, so many other modes there. Uh, but, but that's still only about 25 to 30 percent. Everything else when you think about it is either industry buildings, data centers, and and you know all, all of that. So sustainability is top of mind because we are as a Planet overall trying to restrict the increase in the temperatures on the Earth uh, by one and a half degrees by 2050. But the important point to note here is that it's it, this is not a goal for 2050. 80% of that work has to happen by 2030, which is really, let's say, about nine, 10 years uh, from where we are at today. So when you think about that curve, it actually has to go down substantially by 2030 and then slowly reduce over the next uh, 20 years. So with that said, uh from a from a data center perspective uh when you think about how we've been uh, measuring the efficiency of data centers it's always been around PUE power utilization efficiency and again that that's a great measure nothing wrong with that measure but the big question is when you now think about the planet and put on your sustainability lens and then when you think about PUE, is that the red measure or not was what we thought about as a company and and towards the end of last year, we came up with this framework, like you mentioned, it's, we call it the sustainability framework for data centers. Now this, this consists of about 23 metrics, uh, which if you remember, we, we spoke about it in one of our previous uh, conversations and, and these metrics are broken into five categories, right? So you, it is energy is one, uh, right? Which is very important, but then we also have greenhouse gas emissions. We have water. Uh, we have waste uh, waste, and land and biodiversity. So these are the five measures we believe at Schneider that they are important. And they're important to also address the four pillars of the data center uh, build-outs, which are around sustainability, efficiency, through optimization of cost, speed and capital, uh, adaptiveness, and, and of course, uh, resilience. Why this is important today? Uh, number one, of course, when you think about just the pue it doesn't encapsulate overall uh, what the impact on uh, the planet a data center can make when you start thinking about the huge demand in data centers uh, you know because of i gave the example of metaverse earlier with, with all of that put together just pue is not going to help and hence we came up with this uh, with this framework late last year
0: one of the interesting things about the framework is that it seems to provide a, an entry point for folks who might be struggling to figure out exactly how their operation, their company, can begin to make a difference. Because you noted before the, the, the size of the challenge right now, uh, and it becomes more critical all the time. We see you know changes in the, in the weather that uh, are clearly seem to be tied to, to climate that uh, action is, is really needed and needed quickly. A- at the same time, many organizations have trouble turning the ocean liner, as it said, with some of the, these larger organizations oh. to make really uh, the kind of uh, big changes that are needed. Uh, and what I thought was interesting about the sustainability framework is it, it seems to me that it gives people a place to, to start and to kind of organize their efforts. Um, yeah. What have your conversations been like with customers and, and folks you've been talking about it? Is is, uh, is that one of the things you're
1: finding? Two comments I'll make here, uh, Rich. First, the acceptance has been actually quite high. And I'll just talk to that. But but there is a, another, uh, I mean, it's almost like a current buzzword in the industry, uh, you know, which is being spoken about a lot today, which is called greenwashing. So in a sense, what we, are, what we are seeing, what we're all seeing is that there's an increased pressure in all, on organizations, uh, both from internal and external stakeholders to be more sustainable. Now that leads to providing some misleading information about how the company's products are more environmentally sound or not, et cetera. So this framework actually takes the guesswork out of the reporting. And, and hence it's, it's also become making it easier and, and people are actually able to move beyond just the PUE Start to get into more carbon utilization, usage effectiveness, or you know, water usage effectiveness type of uh, type of measures. Now the traction to to date has been pretty good. I mean, a lot of our customers have shown a lot of trust. Some of them have actually applied it already. I mean, we have great traction with one one of our customers, uh, uh, Iron Mountain. In fact, I recently spoke uh, along with Mark Kidd, who's our who's the EVP of data centers there, and they have already used the framework. They've they're, they're tracking about thirteen of the twenty three. Uh, metrics and they uh, continue to try and uh, uh, expand more. you know there was a uh, there's still a lot of uh, work uh, to be done, but uh, I remember Mark making a comment which really uh, stuck with me it is that sustainability should not be a competition. you know, we are all in this together. Uh, so that was a great comment Mark made and, and I really echo that segment, that sentiment, you know because we all have a responsibility and, 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 it, and it's also think about it as a privilege, uh, that we are here right now in the industry uh, and it's a privilege and a responsibility for us to tackle this, this climate crisis, which is ahead of us. So, so that's overall the picture on the acceptance and, and acceptance has been very high.
0: Well, you mentioned Mark Kidd and, and Iron Mountain, they've made sustainability sort of a key piece of their approach to the marketplace. And, and with the belief that uh, this matters to, to customers, that it's, uh, and that is, is sort of the interesting point that you talked about. It, it seems that a lot of folks uh, recognize that they need to have a response to the concerns about climate change and the future of the planet. And their first uh, uh, you know, reaction is, well, how do we not get in trouble or look like we're, we're doing well? Whereas yeah. the, the change that actually kind of moves the needle, it takes a little bit more effort. You also mentioned uh, power uh, usage effectiveness, PUE, the the metric that has really, it's been applied as a sustainability metric. It's really an energy efficiency metric within the uh, the data center. Uh, But I think one of the things that PUE got folks to embrace is the old notion that you can't manage what you can't measure and that uh, it prompted a lot of folks to sort of instrument their data centers and uh, and then begin to to get the data together so they could, you know, say something that was real about what their PUE was. Yeah, is are we at a, a similar place with sustainability, or uh, do people, you know, have data, uh, or, or is is that one of the key places where they they need to, to step up uh, before they start, you know, sorting out what it is that they need to fix
1: yeah and, and and look poe helped us get to a certain point uh like you just mentioned uh and and i think most of our data center customers are fairly advanced uh in terms of the ability to measure poe uh, but when you think about all these other four metrics or parameters which i mentioned around water or land biodiversity etc we are still a long way to uh, go there uh and and different Uh, companies are at different stages, Uh, some are at very early stages, some are at advanced stages, but that's the whole goal of this framework, that it doesn't matter which stage you're in. Uh, the, The acceptance of the fact that we need to think about the data center sustainability beyond just PUE, beyond just energy, like you mentioned, is the first part. And then depending on which stage you're in, you could apply either all the 23 metrics or maybe start with two, three, four, five and and then get into that journey. Uh, and again, think of it not as a competition versus somebody else. Think of it as a collective responsibility and privilege. So that's, that's really what uh, I'd, I'd like to say.
0: In the past, the data center industry has sometimes been criticized as a place where it's, it's slow to change, partially because... Of the mission critical nature of the work that goes on in these facilities, uh, and the fact that uh, you really want to keep the facility on all the time, so people are maybe reluctant to to make changes uh, that might impact their the way they operate. At the same time, with the the numbers uh, are don't paint a great picture right now in terms of the progress we're making.
1: Are are people responding? People are told, definitely responding, Rich, and, and and there is a very clear sense of urgency, uh, almost like a, a phonetic uh, you know, speed of which people are trying to uh, get to the sustainability, uh, at least the the carbon pledges, uh,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for now. But the reality also is, and even if you look at beyond uh, the overall uh, data center industry, just number of companies across the world. Uh, who have made these pledges, There's still only about 8% who are able to measure it. Hence, again, bringing back the point that it's important to come up with some sort of a measure which we can all uh, use. So in the data center space, back back to your question, we are seeing a a lot of acceptance of this framework and and we are very happy to continue to contribute and and help uh, all the customers who who are interested in this framework. Part of the
0: uh, the challenge with sustainability is folks deciding to take action and charting a strategy. Uh, but uh, innovation is also a big part of it. Uh, what did you find interesting about uh, that event? And what were the important things from Schneider's perspective uh, to come out of that?
1: At a high level, uh, uh, this is an innovation summit. This was an North America innovation summit. We had uh, very good participation, uh, not just from our customers across industries, also our very large data center customers. We had a, a lot of our partners, uh, uh, our specifiers, uh, our you know companies who go execute on, on on large deployments. We actually also had our suppliers, which which are you know our scope three, for example, uh, upstream. So we had some of our top uh, hundred plus hundred fifty suppliers in that room. We had uh, some good examples of companies who are doing a great job in carbon pledges and executing on those uh, beyond just uh, what we do. So we had some some people come and talk from the the building industry beyond just the data centers. We also had some representation uh, from the White House to to come and talk about the Inflation Reduction Act, as we call it, which is more than (laughs) just inflation. It's it's about deployment uh, towards the sustainability focus in North America. So it was a very good mix overall, a lot of learning in the continuous demand in the data center space and actually way more demand than, than uh, today we are able to deploy. Uh, so that's that that came out very interesting. And of course at the front of it, the uh, cause of the demand is the is the is the whole motion around uh, Metaverse, et etc. So we had a lot of uh, interaction with uh, with these folks and also uh, and I miss uh, saying that we had a lot of media. Uh, also in that meeting so i i remember personally running a, a a media lunch on the metaverse with one of my colleagues so 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 overall uh, a very very solid forum you know what we shared during the bringing it closer to the data center space what we shared during the summit was a, a research which we did uh with actually three independent research firms so this is on the cloud and color space on the edge and on the partner ecosystem uh, space. And all of that was focused on sustainability. So, uh, I mean, all of that sort of pointed to a conclusion that, that while a majority of respondents uh, have noted sustainability as a key priority within their organization, but there's still it's a very small percentage which are actually delivering on the ESG goals. And, and you know, these were conducted by 451, uh, which as, as we all know is a part of s right. uh, by Forrester and by, by Canalys. And there were all overall about 3,000 participants, which included largest co-location cloud providers, IT solution providers, and some IT professionals from many segments and uh, organization sizes. So a couple of things which which stood out there, Rich, you know, uh, on the 451 clearly revealed that there is a perception versus reality dilemma in enterprise organizations uh, around sustainability programs. On the Forester uh, one, which was done on the collocation with the collocation uh, customers, right. we found that almost 73% of responders, respondents reported sustainability as a business priority of their organization. And, and this was number two priority overall, number one being uh, profitability, but only 33% uh, say that their organizations have created a, a like a plan, a strategic sustainability right. plan. And when you take this to the IT channel community, again there, there are they they are investing in sustainability strategies but but they're still struggling to translate the investment into action and there's a lack of a clear answer on how to accomplish this goal uh, with only 61% of partners having dedicated personal, but only a third of those with esg targets so so that's sort of what came out from the from the research we of course continue to to work with all these three uh, different communities uh to help with the the zero carbon program uh, through our sustainability business uh, which which is what we have inside of Schneider Electric because we've been on this path for uh, over a decade uh now you know i remember in, in Schneider we used to have this uh, planet and society barometer which is some, something similar uh but we had this uh, we've, we've had this for more than 10 years and now everybody has this and we call it the sustainability right. Uh, matrix etc now that business which we have which is uh, which helps our customers we have over 2000 uh, sustainability consultants there you know who can work and support customers in setting targets and building s- sustainability strategies you know helping procure renewable energy evaluating energy options decarbonizing their supply chains and, and, and there's so much more uh, which we can do back to your point also on on products so so that's a very important aspect and and we spent a lot of time again last week explaining to this entire community, which was there, on what we are doing. Uh, and and given that we've been on this journey for more than a decade now, a lot of our products we spoke about have what we call the PEP. You know, the product envir- environmental profile, which means for every single one of your products, you can talk about the uh, the embodied carbon and the uh, emitted uh, carbon. So, and I think that's a very important aspect because when you sell to your customers, they also need to know what is their uh, scope 3 which is for example suppliers like us right like our scope 3 upstream is our our own suppliers so that's that's also another very very important aspect so i i guess my point being that prioritizing sustainability for all these three areas not just the enterprises cloud co-location companies and also it channels uh, it's 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 a key uh, let's say prerogative and it's a key mission for us today. And there are various tools which, which we have, which we can help uh, each one of these personas.
0: So uh, you mentioned that at the event last week, you had a discussion uh, with uh, media about the metaverse. Yeah. I'd be interested to hear your take on the metaverse and what it means uh, data center sector in particular, we're curious about, but but more generally to your uh, your customer set.
1: Yeah, you, you know we uh, it, it's uh, it, there's a lot of talk on the metaverse. First of all, right? Uh, interesting when you when you think about the what are the key applications of the metaverse? But I mean, first let's take a step back. The deployment of metaverse is, is a huge challenge in front of us, not just from a compute capacity point of view. Now there is some research which suggests that the compute needed for a Metaverse data center could be thousands of times more. I mean, again, you know, there are various type of datas out there. it's, it's very hard to put your finger on which one is correct. Another data point: uh, in in one of the countries in Europe, mentioned that to build a metaverse data center, uh, it needed energy for more than uh, more than half of all the data centers ever built in that country. Right. So there's enough data point, but I think everything points to the fact: metaverse, which means unconstrained universe, does need a lot of compute for the kind of immersive experience uh, we are getting used to. Uh, So as consumers of that immersive experience, we are not realizing what kind of compute capacity is needed. And this is not about taking a picture and storing it somewhere, right? Right. Uh, This is way more than that. Now, when you start taking a step back and say, okay, fine, to deploy this kind of data center capacities is is not even, uh, I mean, it's a dream right now because where is all this physical infrastructure available? Where is all this energy available? uh today right but when you start thinking about the applications there are some very critical applications right I mean, like medical military uh, energy utility control you know comms com- communications, you know transportation government i mean there are so many very mission critical type of applications and then there are other applications which uh, i mean one could argue are critical or not like i mean i would think gaming is probably not critical my, my son may not agree with me <laughs> but then there is entertainment there's social media and so on right so all of this is causing this huge demand and us getting used to the immersive experience and hence the, the challenge on the, on the metaverse. So I think the, the let's say, appreciation of this forming a real part of our daily lives is there. And this came out very clearly last week. The, the, the appreciation of the challenge in deploying the metaverse data centers just by the availability of capacity, supply chain challenges, availability of energy, et cetera, I realized something which, which which is taking a little bit of time for people to absorb and realize. And I think that sort of came out very clearly also in the last week.
0: One of the things that uh, uh, has been discussed in terms of the impact of the metaverse is that it will involve more powerful uh, processing and, and new uh, chips and, and servers. Uh, we're seeing a lot of that has been coming onto the market in, in the last uh, month or so. And uh, which raises the question of how do you cool all of this? This has long been a uh, expertise of, of Schneider Electric. What's your take on uh, how the metaverse, uh, if it succeeds and grows, might impact the way data centers are cooled?
1: So, so look, the ability to cool uh, remains a challenge top of mind, even in the non-metaverse environment. Sure. And, and the reason is not because we are not able to cool data centers. We're able to cool data centers pretty well. Uh, even pre metaverse, but the challenge is when you think about the water challenge. Uh, in a typical one megawatt type of a data center, you're consuming almost 100,000 gallons of water a day. Uh, and now, we, when you think about the planet, uh, what that 100,000 gallons can do, right? Now this becomes an even bigger challenge in the metaverse environment. So of course, newer technologies uh, around liquid cooling and, and and you know the and and smart heat heat rejection type of uh, methodologies etc so schneider's doing a lot of innovation in that space we actually had some displays uh, in our innovation hub uh, during the uh, the last week in in vegas where we, we brought in our customers and this entire community which i mentioned to come and experience uh, how uh, cooling is being taken to the next level in a very sustainable fashion so uh, back to your question does the capacity exist today to cool a metaverse based very high level of compute high performance compute I mean, it's getting there, but then it's back to my point. It's not just cooling. It's cooling. It's the entire power, physical infrastructure. It's the availability of energy from a, uh, from a reasonable resource, not just burning fossil fuels. So it's all put together.
0: I wanted to, to kind of wrap up our conversation with something that you mentioned briefly, which is the supply chain with the sort of extraordinary demand that we've seen in the data center industry this year. We write about a lot of reports that, uh, the leasing is unusually large, even by uh, current standards. Some of that has been attributed to anxieties about the supply chain and delivery times, and the largest players perhaps trying to get in front of that. As uh, Schneider's in in the middle of uh, uh, you know a large equipment ecosystem, oh, how are you guys seeing uh, the the supply chain at this point, and uh, and what do you see for for maybe the rest of this year?
1: I mean, look—it's—it's it's a huge challenge. Uh, are we getting better? I think we are definitely getting better. Uh, so I, I was giving the example of uh, the suppliers we had—you know, some of the topmost suppliers across the world—and uh, it was interesting because we had a lot of deep conversation, uh, almost brainstorming on where the demand is coming from. And look, these are the same suppliers of chips, as an example, who are also fulfilling the EV market. And and I think we all know this data that. A typical electric vehicle needs like four or five times of you know power electronics, which goes into a normal uh, combustion vehicle, right? So so these are the people who are catering to that demand and hence they have to increase a lot of capacity, but they're also catering to everything else, which is whether it's data center or buildings or industries and so on. So so there is this huge capacity constraint and, and huge build out, which needs to happen. Uh, a lot of our suppliers are focused on, but when we are working with our suppliers on one side and our customers on the other side, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's almost a fundamental, but we're talking about the trust is going to be very important, which means when we work with our suppliers, it's not just about buying components for them, it's about designing collectively. So they have to be a part of our innovation journey. And that's, that's let's say, a bit of a change from what used to happen uh, many years ago. But when we're working with our customers, there's, there's this matter of trust also around what's the real demand and ability to forecast. So, because that's absolutely crucial, the ability to forecast. Because over forecasting is also not going to help overall the the ecosystem, the supply chain ecosystem. So, we 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 are working a lot on both sides with our customers and our suppliers. Uh, it still is a pretty massive challenge, especially on the power electronics space. But I think it's getting better over, and and I think it should get better over the next couple of quarters.
0: Well, that would be good news indeed. Uh, Pankaj, I appreciate you coming uh, on the Data Center Frontier show and and sharing your expertise. If folks are interested in uh, learning more about what Schneider's doing or, or connecting with you, uh, where could
1: they go? Well, very easy to find me, <laughs> and uh, it'll be a pleasure, uh, Rich, and obviously always a pleasure to to talk to you.
0: So thank you, Pankaj. And, and thank you to our uh, listeners for, for tuning in. We know that everyone in the data center industry is keeping busy. We very much uh, appreciate your time. Thanks, thank everyone. You, we'll see you soon. Thanks, Pankaj. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Data Center Frontier Show. You can find the show notes for this episode at datacenterfrontier.com slash podcast, including links to to the resources Rich has mentioned. Be sure to subscribe to the Data Center Frontier show at Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or where you find your podcasts. If you enjoyed this show, please tell your friends or share about it on your social channels. You can always find us on the web at datacenterfrontier.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Until next time.